Hey, welcome to the Real Life Youth Podcast, where we believe in being more like Jesus. My name is Pastor Tate Stevens, and I am the student pastor here at Life Church. I hope you enjoy the message. God bless. Let's go. All right. Do you guys remember what we're talking about? Apologetics, Ministry of Defense. And today, everybody say gospel. Gospel. We were talking about, are the gospels reliable? All right, who's been pranked in here before? Nobody's got been pranked. Where's Landon? Okay, he raised his hand. I believe him. Just kidding. Have any of you been pranked? Like your friends pulled the joke on you? You guys don't have fun friends if you're just like sitting there like, you got to pull pranks on your friends. Those of you, I will ask, who have been pranked, when you are being pranked and you're trying to find out who did it, have you ever looked in your friend's face and they like, you know that they know who it was? And then you're just like, they're just like laughing and they're just like, I don't know who did it. And you don't trust them, right? Okay, so who understands that? When somebody's trying to pull a prank and your friends are lying about it, you can't trust them. Man, you guys are just like, do we need to do like Pilates or something? No? Man, you guys are dead today. Is that, is that like the teenager phase? You guys are just like... So you get these people that are untrustworthy when they're doing pranks. You can't trust them, right? Everybody say trustworthy. Okay, so I'm going to challenge every one of you in here to pull a prank on your friend in the next month just for fun. Just do it. Not that. Not that. Come on, Lucas. Come on. He's going to break your other leg, bro. Okay, everybody. Okay. So have you guys heard, like, so we've been talking a lot about criminal cases. And have you ever heard, like, when criminals are just, like, the eyewitnesses, or not criminals, the eyewitnesses to that criminal case, you can't trust them, like, they're not trustworthy and they're lying and all that stuff? Have you guys ever heard about that? Yeah. Oh, look at you. You said that excited. I love you, bro. Thank you. So these criminals are these criminals. These eyewitnesses are untrustworthy. And you have some skeptics who are actually challenging the Bible. Do you guys think it's good to challenge the Bible? If you're struggling in your faith, do you think it's good to challenge it? I would say so. I would say, yeah, because that's how you're going to grow your faith to be stronger, right? If you just, you know, if you don't really understand something and you just believe it for what it is, you need to really, you need to seek answers, find it out, right? You think so? Look at you. Yeah. You're like, yeah, I got it. Yes, sir. You don't have to call me, sir. I'm not 50 yet. You don't have to call me, sir. You can call. No, I don't roll that way. We're not that kind of church here. What? You can call me grandpa. It's okay. Okay, cool. So would you say that when you hear somebody who's in a criminal case, they're trying to figure out who did it. You, it's really good to weigh all causes, right? You need to gather all the facts, all information. Do you think I should just believe you when you tell me something? Like if like you screwed up over here and you got in trouble and you told me that she's the one that did it, should I just believe you? Or do you think I should hear her side of it? She did it? She did it? Well, you said she was nine, so I'll probably believe her though. She's not nine. Okay, so now you're telling me the truth. Now, now you're saying the truth. Okay, I'm just kidding. I'm messing with you. All right, so what I do want to say to you guys, okay, everybody quiet real quick. I know I'm getting us all off track. Everybody quiet real quick. So when we look at the eyewitnesses in the Bible, it's really good to make sure that th we understand that they had to be reliable sources, right? Everybody say reliable. Now that when we answer these questions, we have to determine to ourselves whether these eyewitnesses are accurate or whether they're lying, basically. So everybody say John. Say chapter 19. Verse 35. All right, what I always say if you have your phones on you, you got your Bible. You got your Bible. 
It says, this report is from an eyewitness giving an accurate account. And he speaks the truth so that you also may continue to believe. Why would I pull that verse from the book of John? Doesn't seem like it's super relevant, right? But everything in the book is, or everything in the Bible is relevant. We should understand the verses. How many, how many of you would say that if you read this over, you would like take some deep thoughts into it, some deep studies, or are you just going to skip over it? I'm skipping over it. When I read something like that, it's like, oh, this report is from an eyewitness. It's like, oh, you just kind of tell me about it. I'm just going to read over it. But what do I always say? It's important to really understand what you are reading, right? So why would John put this in his book? And this is something that when we read the Gospels, it's easy to overlook these kind of Bible verses in there. And John begins this Gospel by declaring. And what he's declaring is he's saying, hey, there's eyewitness firsthand who experienced being with Jesus, meaning John, experienced being with Jesus, experienced the resurrection, and seeing Jesus alive again. He puts this in there for credibility because you need that credibility, right? Because would it be easy just like if somebody just told you something randomly out of the blue, but they had no evidence or no facts behind it? It's easy to disregard it, right? You guys are like, mm-hmm. But you will see in the letters of John, when John is writing throughout the Gospels, he states this a lot. And he states this a lot because he needs you to understand the eyewitness accounts that are behind it. We need to understand that the eyewitnesses' accounts are very important to this behind the resurrection of Jesus. So when we are looking at the Gospels, everybody say Gospels. Everybody say investigation. Everybody say juror. Did I say that right? Like the jury, juror? Is that, am I saying it right? Juror. That's so weird. We're the juror. You could have thought of like a cooler name, like, oh, I'm the juror. I'm like, I feel like it's just kind of like mumbled together. Like somebody was really tired and they woke up and they're just like, we're just going to call you jurors. But okay. So there's a lot of steps. Do you guys, everybody know what like a trial and the jury and all that stuff is all about? Good. So I'm going to tell you anyway. So what the jurors do, I hate that word. What the jurors do is they actually are taught and coached through a process. And let's throw it up on the slides here. You might not be able to read it. I forgot my glasses, but I got it on here. That's great. So here are some of the questions that when they're going through a criminal case, the jurors are all the people that are kind of like sitting on the side, having to make some tough decisions. And they say, was the witness truly present to see what he or she claims to have seen? Can the statements and claims of the witness be verified? Everybody say verified in some way. Has the witness been honest and accurate over time or did his or her account change over time? Have you guys ever heard a story from a friend that the story changes? Has anybody ever said they caught a fish like it was really like this big, but they act like it was like the size of a shark? Yeah. Like, oh, sharks, man. I'm not throwing those back in the water. Okay. Next one is, does the witness possess a bias that would motivate him or her to lie? Who likes sports in here? I do. Would you say that uh, you think your team is like one of the greatest teams ever because you're a little biased? Sadie, would you think the Lions are the best team ever? False. Okay. Oh, you said no. No, she's just being honest, though. See? See? She's being an honest witness. Hey, neither are the Vikings. It's okay. All right. So everybody say witness. All right. So these set of questions that they go through is basically what they're basing the standard of how they need to judge the criminal off of, whether the criminal really did it or not. 
And I would say that through all of these questions, these are fair, right? Would you say that these are pretty fair? And a lot of times when you're looking at people who are studying scriptures, these are the exact questions that they're actually asking and studying as they are reading through the gospels of the Bible. And they need to see that if, you know, the writers of the Bible measure up to these standards. All right, so I tell you this information because like, what does this have to do with anything? Because we need to understand what an eyewitness is really all about when it comes to the gospel. That when you have an eyewitness at a crime scene, that when you have eyewitnesses, when you might've think that your friend stole your phone or whatever they stole in school and you keep blaming them and really eyewitness comes forward and says, no, it wasn't your friend, it was this person. And then you feel bad and then you gotta go apologize because that's what you should do. So did you know that the gospels were actually written enough to contain actual evidence of observations by real eyewitnesses who lived and served with Jesus. These aren't made up people. There's evidence to prove that these people existed. There's enough evidence to prove that John, Paul, Jean-Claude, whatever you want to call it, they all existed. You guys wouldn't know who that is. You guys are too old. But, yeah, I know. <laughs> but all of this... <laughs> But there's enough evidence in the Bibles that all of these people, even atheists, have said all of these people are true people. Everybody say Luke. Say chapter 24, verses 47 through 48. Okay. It says that it was also written that the message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all nations, beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent, you are witnesses of all these things. You are witnesses of all of these things. It is important for us to be eyewitnesses of Jesus Christ, to have that relationship with him, to share our faith with all nations, right? That means everybody. Nobody's excluded, even bald people. Nobody's excluded. Jason, you're not excluded. You are loved, my friend. You are loved. Bald people. We just don't have to do our hair. We save money on products, so <laughs> whatever. Just don't ask me about my beard. Okay, so people are not going to believe that some of these things we tell them. But you guys know what faith is, right? You guys know what faith is? Faith in Jesus, faith in having a relationship, faith that, you know, what, what the Bible tells us is accurate and true. A lot of this, too, is, you know, we just got to have that faith. When you've experienced that relationship, you have to have that faith to believe, to have that confidence to spread the word, because every one of us has a story in here. Every single one of us has a story. All right, so there was a guy back home. Everybody say North Dakota. Everybody, Ella, raise your hand. And my friend back there, Ella, she's from North Dakota. She's from North Dakota. So I got to represent because that's my people, North Dakota. We might have a lot of cows and beef, but it's cool. Okay, stop. I'm, I'm going to go off track in. Okay. There was a guy so that I've been like, wor I've been like working with this guy. He's on our ushering team because I was in charge of hospitality back home. And I was working with this dude for years. I'm like, this guy's a solid Christian. He's praying for people. He's building community. He's having a relationship. And he goes, hey, Pastor Tay, I got I to tell you something. I got a confession for you. And I'm like, yeah, what's up, man? And he goes, I, don't, I used to never believe in God. And I'm thinking like, well, yeah, like I never did either. He goes, no, I just recently, as like a couple of days ago, started believing in God. And I just stopped. And I'm like, wait, what? Like you've been serving on the ushering team. You've been praying for people. Like, what do you mean you didn't believe in God? He said, I always thought it, the idea of being a Christian was really cool, but I never actually experienced the relationship with him. Now, this is, I'm going to start talking about eyewitness accounts. He said, 
but I gave my life to Jesus two days ago because of the other people on the usher team, the people within the congregation, just seeing them do community to love people no matter what, to proclaim their faith and share their experiences. It just like hit him. He really, it just one Sunday, he said, I was serving and I saw somebody pray for this guy that came in. He looked not like a North Dakotan at all. Don't ask me what that means. But he didn't look like a North Dakotan at all. Yeah, we call Dakotans, not Utahns, like croutons. But he comes in. You're like, wait, what? I want salad now. Mm-hmm. And so he comes in, and he's this dude's just getting prayed over. This dude's like broken. This dude's like crying out. And he sees these group of men huddle around him and praying, and he understood what a true relationship of Jesus was really about. Right? Everybody say Jesus. Our acts and our actions that we do matter in our life. And that's what I'm telling you guys all the time. When we are being witnesses for Jesus, proclaiming to all nations, you don't know who's going to come to know Christ, right? Everybody say relationship. Because you guys are talking. Everybody say relationship. Say relationship. Say it again. Say it again for the people in the back. Okay, good. Okay, that was weird. So there has been confirmation after confirmation of literal evidence and external evidence from ancient non-Christian sources that the Bible is true. You guys know what archaeology is? No? No? Dinosaurs. Kind of. Digging up bones, digging up like buildings, digging up old infrastructures. What? Do you guys know what Indiana Jones is? Back to the message. <laughs> a subject in math. <laughs> we'll talk later, girls. No. You, guys are, you know what? There probably is a lot of math involved in archaeology, though. I'll give you that. Seriously. I have no idea, actually. But, okay, so, but no, in archaeology studies, so I suck at math, so I have no idea. But they're, in archaeology studies, I mean, they're digging up places in the gospel. But this is the amazing thing about the Bible, about God's word, is God never changes, right? Right. God, I don't. Yeah, like, I realized how I asked it. No, that was good. That was, you could have said both, and you would have been right. God never changes. Like, yeah, God never changes. No, he never changes. Like, okay. The contents of the gospel have not actually changed over time. Why? Because there's evidence. Everybody say evidence. Everybody say Dead Sea Scrolls. They have uncovered what are called the Dead Sea Scrolls. Ancient texts that are written almost word for word for what our Bible is still being printed today. Think of how many thousands of years some of these manuscripts have been written and not hardly a single word has changed. That's pretty incredible, would you not say? Have you guys ever played the telephone game? Are you too young for that? You play telephone game? Okay, cool. You want to play it? Okay, next week we'll play it. Does that sound good? Next week. You will find simply by going 10 people down the line that the subject will change. Like, so you whisper something to somebody's ear like, oh, you should be quiet. And then you should be like, you should be quiet. And then it just keeps going. Just kidding. But you'll notice that it changes how it has been said. But when you look at the Dead Sea Scrolls, it has not changed. It has not changed. And it is amazing. And when you look at the writers of these gospels, they do not come from a biased perspective of all. And we've talked about that, actually. Because actually, to believe in Jesus a lot back in that time, people were getting martyred for it, meaning killed, stoned. All that, sorry, that term, if you're killed as a Christian, it's martyred. It's, it's martyred, martyred. 
But okay, so when we look at this, I promise you guys I'm almost done. But when we look at the gospels, when we hold it up to the evidence that comes about, they quote unquote measure up behind the standards of what jurors and criminal cases judge them off of today. They ain't lying is basically what they're saying. They're not lying. Do you have a lot of unanswered questions about the Bible? I do. There's still questions I'm asking all the time. I'm the only one? Okay. So there are still a lot of unanswered questions in the Bible, and it's very understandable if you have a lot of questions. Because how many of you know that only God has all the answers, not all of us have the answers? Like, why did God create mosquitoes? Like, what were you thinking, homie? Like, why did you create mosquitoes? Ants? Bees? Malaria? That was like... No, I was good. Like, I'm just a little confused. Okay, so at what point in the Bible or at what point in life does a juror think that it is enough to make a decision? Everybody say decision. Okay, so this part's going to sound confusing, so listen very carefully. You'll notice a trial, a trial that proof is beyond a reasonable doubt, not a possible doubt. So it's beyond a reasonable doubt. Have you guys heard that term before? Like beyond a reasonable doubt, not a possible doubt right? Parker. Yeah. Otherwise, if it's beyond a possible doubt, nobody would ever be convicted. Let me explain. There are many things that we believe, even though we don't have every piece of evidence. Have you ever heard of like when you're filling, well, I don't know if how many of you fill up gas in here, but if you're filling up your gas, have you ever seen like the no cell phone signal because of the static? Because basically the car can just be like, you don't have a car. I hope you're not driving at like nine years old. And so, okay, guys, real quick. So at a gas station, you know, you're not supposed to be on your cell phone as you're talking because some dangerous things have happened. Sparks can fly, gas lights up, like on fire, not like lights up, but gas will light up. Has it ever happened to me? No, it has never happened to me, but I believe that the evidence is true, even though it has never happened to me personally, even though that has never happened to me personally. It is possible this will happen, but is it reasonable? Again, so when we talk about being reasonable, let me just say it this way. If we live on the basis of possible doubts that we talked about, like without a possible doubt, not reasonable, without a possible doubt, we're going to be immobilized by fear. Everybody say fear. Fear. Say go away. So meaning like if you're going throughout life and you're just like, oh man, I'm too afraid to do this because this might happen or I don't want to go, you know, talk on my cell phone at the gas station, which please don't do, but your car could blow up or I don't want to go drive down the road because I could get hit on Bangor and get really injured. We don't want to be immobilized by fear, right? We don't want to live in fear. Who wants to live in fear? Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. That's why we need the standard of beyond a reasonable doubt, even as Christian believers. Even as believers in Christ, we need to live like the beyond a reasonable doubt. Now, last Bible verse, say 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy 1.7. Everybody quiet. I'm almost done. It says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power of love and what? It's not on the next one, yeah. Well, it's self-discipline is what it is. It says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self discipline. So who thinks God gives us fear? Raise your hand if you think God gives us fear. Girls, let's hold on. We're almost done. Think of, does God give us fear? No. Do you think the enemy gives you fear? Yes. Everybody raise your hand if you think the enemy is a butthead and wants to give you fear. Absolutely. 
You see, we need enough evidence to conclude the gospel is truth, right? When we're reading through this, we need enough evidence to prove that the gospel is truth. And we need to come to an understanding though that we're not gonna know every answer behind scripture, behind why things have happened. But what I want us to know is that God does know everything. Everybody say God. Okay, I promise you, I got like this much left. But only God knows everything, right? But we can still, as Christians, we can still move. We can still act. We can still make decisions for Christ, even though we don't have the answer to everything because there is so much evidence behind this Bible of truth of the Gospels that we can really trust in what God is saying. So the Christians, this is an interesting fact I want to share with you. The Christian worldview has fewer unanswered questions than any other worldview in the world. Okay, so what does that mean? Well, I'm going to tell you. What it means is, you guys remember us talking about, you know, us evolving from monkeys and apes and all that kind of stuff? That's a worldview. You know the Big Bang Theory? You know all of these other worldviews? Have you heard the ones of like your... You, you know, your soul can connect with the earth and it can give you healing energy. Like that's a worldview. That's a worldview. Christianity, Christianity has enough evidence and so much overwhelming evidence than any other worldview out there. It actually has the most evidence of truth that what this book is saying is accurate. Every single day, archaeologists are uncovering physical places that are spoken about in the Bible. That's pretty incredible, isn't it? That is incredible. You know, you can give answers to the majority of questions about Christianity, but it's okay if you don't understand. That's why I want to encourage every single one of us, like don't just like stop here on Wednesday nights or Sundays if your parents are dragging you in or anything like that. Continue to really study God's word. Really continue to watch other sermons. Maybe watch a fun show about it. I, I'm i kind of the nerd that I like to watch archaeology stuff on Netflix about un, undiscovered places in the Bible because for me, it's fascinating. For you, it should be too. No, I'm just kidding. But it's fun. When you feel the love of God and you have that true relationship, the Bible is just opened up so differently. Does that make sense? There's been a place in my life where I really tried diving into God's word. I really tried having that relationship. I really tried understanding the Bible, but because I did not really understand the text or open up to it, it was difficult for me. And don't think you have to understand by yourself. Find a friend, right? Find a friend, ask a, a leader in church, ask your parents, you know, Google. Don't believe everything on Google. Make sure it's a reliable source, but man, Google away. Okay, so I wanna encourage you guys. So I'm gonna give you a challenge, right? I'm gonna give you a challenge that next week, Next week, I want you to find a Bible verse that confuses you. Type it into Google. Research it. Type it in. Research it. And then next week at small groups, I want you guys to find out what you uncovered that was confusing to you, okay? Okay? So what we're going to do, as I know I wrapped this up a little bit weird because I got so much caffeine in me right now, but I want everybody to bow their head and close their eyes. All right. So I'm going to pray for you guys for two things real quick, okay? I'm going to pray for two things. I'm serious. Everybody head bowed, every eye closed, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you are truly wanting to understand scripture more, or maybe you're struggling to have a relationship with God and you don't really know what that feels like. Can you put your hand in the air? Nobody's looking around. Awesome. Nobody's looking around. 
If you are here tonight and you're new even, or maybe you've backslidden, but you actually have never given your life to, to God, could you put your hand in your ear as well? Best decision you're ever going to make in your life. Oh, that's a great response. You guys are amazing. I love my wife. I love my Xbox. And I love my dog. But it will be the best decision you make in your life to make, to make God the Lord of your life. I truly mean that. I truly, truly, truly mean that. All right, so we're going to pray for the second thing first. Every head bowed, every eye closed. God, we just come to you today. First of all, we just thank you, God, for the grace and the mercy that you have shown every one of us in this room. And Lord, we just, we just lay our sins before you. God, we know that we're not made perfect. We know that only the perfect person to come to this earth was Jesus. But God, we recognize that you sent Jesus to die on that cross, to shed his blood, to have a new covenant for us. God, forgive us of our past, forgive us of our wicked ways so that we can have a strong relationship with you. So God, from this minute forward, from this hour forward, God, we are dedicating our life to you. God, we want to live solely after you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, every head bowed, every eye closed. One more prayer. So Father, we just thank you again for allowing us to be able to come together. But God, we just pray that you would just give us just a desire to know your word more. That God, sometimes that when we feel so lost that you will give us a relationship that, or a, a feeling of a relationship with you, that you will make your presence so overwhelming in our life. And we just pray, God, that we will not look at the scriptures as boring, God, but we will look at it as an amazing story to be told. So we just pray, God, that when we are studying the gospels, that when we are reading your word, that you will just open up our minds that you will soften our hearts, that we will be able to come out with an amazing understanding. So God, we just pray over everybody in this place tonight that you put a newness in us, that you put a fire in our hearts, God, to just continuously seek after you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Hey, thank you so much for joining us on our podcast. I hope this message spoke to you. And if it did speak to you, you can reach out to us at lifechurchutah.com or any of our social media platforms. And we'd love to connect with you. God bless and have a great rest of the day.